Thanks for listening to our Legacy Church podcast. We hope that today's message helps you in your walk with Christ and you visit us soon at our Legacy Church campus in East Greenwich, Rhode Island. For more information, visit us online at www.legacychurchri.com. So again, today we're going to continue on this sermon series called God is For You. And I can't think of a better scripture, passage of scripture that really explains how much God loves you and how much he really is for you. In the book of Romans, it says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? No. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Do I hear an amen this morning? For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any other powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. You know, this passage of Scripture is so well known, especially if you've been a Christian for a long time. But there's some, some ingredients in this passage of Scripture that we really need to think of. Because what the Bible says here that we are more than conquerors. We're more than conquerors. How do we become conquerors in our lives? And I believe there's a key, and I believe it's a gift that God has given us, and I want to talk about today, and it's the gift of prayer. We're coming off two weeks of prayer and fasting, and some of us continue to pray and fast, asking God to move among us. And I call it a gift because many times we don't see prayer as a gift, especially some of us who've been raised in, in different types of religion. We see prayer as a chore. Like, I have to pray. We see prayer as an act of contrition. We see prayer as penance. And it's so beyond that. See, prayer is not an act of contrition or penance. Penance is, 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 means self-punishment. Believe it or not, that word means self-punishment. I pray to punish myself. Think about this. And these things are in the spirit. They're in our teaching. They're in our minds. They contradicts what prayer is. Prayer is a gift. It's a gift from God in allowing you access to him at all times for any reasons. I can't think of a greater gift than God saying you can come before me at all times for any reasons. Come on. God gives us an open-door policy. Hebrews 4, 6 in the King James, it says, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help us in time of need. In NIV, it's, it's, it's uh, written this way, as, at, Let us therefore approach God's throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in time of need. See, prayer is God seeing you as a son or as a daughter. God sees you as a son or a daughter. That's why Jesus didn't say, when you pray, pray like this. Dear God in heaven, almighty one, all-powerful one, omniscient one. Jesus said, pray like this. Our Father, Abba, Daddy. Now, I know this is a leap for many people, especially in this world that we live in, we have such a wrong perspective 
of what a father is. And that's why God sent his son Jesus so that we can see the character of a, a father through Jesus as a man, as God incarnate. And so the Lord says, call him father. And prayer is communing with your father, communication with your father. And, and that's why communion is only for believers. Communion is for sons and daughters, not unbelievers. And what's powerful about communing, communion, is, you know, we partake in the body and blood of Jesus. We commune with him. He becomes part of us. See, my children, whether they like it or not, they have part of me in them. Now, me being human, they have the good, bad, and the ugly. Okay? But having a perfect father, we start taking on the characteristics of our father. He in us and us in him. It's a powerful thing. And prayer is communing with the Father, having access to the Father. Now, listen, guys, I love you guys, and I love the church, and I love my friends. But no one has greater access than my kids and my wife, my family. They can come to me anytime. They can call me at any time. They can ask for anything. I might say no, but they know they can ask for anything. God wants us to see prayer as us as sons and daughters being able to come to him anytime for any reason. It's a gift. Prayer is a gift. It's not a chore. Amen? And Ephesians 1.5, it says, God, God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do. And it gives him, gave him great pleasure. You are pleasurable to God. When you pray, it pleases God. He is pleased with you. Not because of your righteousness, not because you've done some good things this week or done some bad things. It's, this is what Jesus has given us. It's a gift from Jesus. Amen? That's good news today. Amen? Now let me say this. The greatest open door for fear anxiety, worry, and even poverty is lack of prayer. The greatest open door for fear, anxiety, worry, and poverty and brokenness is lack of prayer. James 4.2 says you do not have because you do not ask. You don't have because you don't pray. Philippians 4. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Come before God, pray. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. See, today I'm hoping to not only awaken and teach us the absolute necessity of prayer, Right? Because I think we all know that we should pray. Right? Isn't that true? Right here. Hello. We should pray. But I'm praying that we catch a revelation of the awesomeness of prayer. How wonderful it is that we can go before God. That we have a Father who actually cares about everything. Amen? 
You know, Mother Teresa once was crossing the border into Israel, and a guard, a guard asked her, are you carrying any weapons? Interesting. I guess they have to ask everybody. I would never ask Mother Teresa, are you carrying any weapons? Do you know what her response was? She responded, responded yes, I have my prayer books. <laughs> Mother Teresa carried her prayer books. Write this down if you're taking notes. Prayer is power released against your earthly resistance. Why is praying not easy at times? Is this true? Am I being honest? Right? Because it's resisted. It's resisted by time. It's resisted by distraction. It's resisted by other priorities in life. Come on, am I speaking the truth? It's resisted by the devil himself. Will resist you from praying. Ephesians 6.12, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. You will be resisted. Whenever you try to access God, to access the power that is available to us as his sons and daughters, you will be resisted. Why do you think sometimes all hell breaks loose on the day you need to get to church, on the Sabbath, Sunday? I wanted to go to church. My, I, my alarm always goes off. But they go off. Interesting. You probably have some, some demon running around your house you need to kick out. It might be someone you know. <laughs> the devil re, re, will resist anything that draws you closer to God and gives you access to his power. He's afraid of you. He's afraid of you praying more. He's afraid of you coming to church faithfully. He's afraid of God's destiny and purpose coming alive in your life. He's afraid of you. That's why the Bible says, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. In Daniel chapter 10, we just did, you know, some of you guys did the Daniel fast. And, um, and I just want to read this passage in the book of Daniel, talking about Daniel. An angel appears to Daniel and says to him, do not be afraid, Daniel. For from the first day you purpose to understand and to humble yourself before your God. Your words were heard. And Daniel went into a 20-day, 21-day time of prayer and fasting. And this angel says, I have come in response to your prayers. The angel says, I've come in response to your prayers. Think about this. And then he goes on to say, however, the prince of the king of Persia opposed me for 21 days. The powers of darkness, Persia is modern-day Iran, and there's still those demons over that place, was opposing this other angel. Now listen to what goes on in, in the spiritual world. Then Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I had been left there with the king of Persia. 
When you pray, the supernatural is activated. When you pray, you know, we don't talk about angels very often. You know, we are not to worship angels. The Bible tells us these things. We're not to worship saints and graven images. The Bible teaches these things. But the Bible says angels are real. Angels are real. You know, when we worship and pray, and, and I always ask God, send your ministering angels. Let the presence of your angels be in this room. Because we are so thick-headed, we need to sense the supernatural breaking into the natural. When you pray, angels are released. Get this picture. Get this understanding. The Bible says in Hebrews 1.14, are not all angels, ministering spirits, sent, listen to this, to serve those who will inherit salvation? Angels are sent to serve you. This is what a, a powerful gift God has given us that many times we don't even realize it. Lord, awaken us to the power of prayer. Awaken us to the power of the supernatural. In Hebrews 13, 2, it says, Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers, for by doing so, some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. Let me tell you, I think it was just like last month, someone in the church was saying, Pastor Ron, you know, this and this happened. And this person came and, and, and then, you know, and helped me in this. And then all of a sudden, I turned and this person was completely gone. He said, I think it was an angel. I believe it. I believe in what the Bible says. I believe in the word of the Lord. God gives us angels. You know, um, when my daughter... Carissa was a very young child. Uh, my daughter, Carissa, some of you know her, she always has a smile on her face. She, she always has her teeth showing. I, I, she cannot smile. I tell her, Carissa, just don't smile for one second. She can't do it. She was born that way. She was born with a smile on her face. All the pictures we have of her, she's always smiling. And so when she would wake up in the morning, she was like maybe three, four, five years old, she couldn't wait to get going. Like, you can't keep her in her bed. She couldn't wait to get going. And so one morning, she, she wasn't getting up out of bed, and my, my wife was worried, and she went up there. And my daughter was laying on her bed, and she was looking up towards the ceiling. And so my wife didn't bother her, and she went down, downstairs. And, um, and then another 15 minutes goes by, and Carissa gets out of her room, and she says, Mommy... I'm going to stay in my room because the angels are singing to me. And she went back and she stayed in her bed looking up for another 15 to 20 minutes. My daughter still remembers that encounter. And she was, what, like three or four years old. She still remembers that encounter. Angels are real. The supernatural is real. Your power, the power of prayers is very, very real. In James 5.16, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. These two words, effectual and fervent, are actually translated from a single Greek word, and you'll recognize this word, energio, which means that when we pray, 
energy is created. Energy is created. When we pray, the spiritual realm is activated. The supernatural is activated. And not only is the supernatural energized, when we begin to pray and really pray, we get energized. The Holy Spirit empowers us. Prayer empowers us. You know, um, be, while, while church is going on here, we have groups of people that pray in a ministry called Fire Corps. And after prayer, they come in and, they, and we, we talk, and I can't tell you how many times they'll say, we can't, I can't believe how the Holy Spirit works. We are praying exactly what you're preaching. How does that happen? Because we live in a spiritual world. We live in a spiritual world. Yesterday, driving home, I said to my wife, I need to get some gas. And she was in her car, and she followed me because I needed her card. And so she followed me and, and uh, pumping gas. And then I get in the car, and uh, I'm on my speakerphone talking to my wife. And I said something, and she goes, why would you say that? I was just going to say that to you. I said, Lord, because I'm in the spirit. <laughs> don't think anything that you don't want me to hear. Because <laughs> I'm in the spirit. <laughs> but, you know, when she said that, I got the chills because we do that all the time. I said, you know how real the spiritual world is? It's powerful. It's powerful. It's wonderful. It's beautiful. In James 5.16, in the Message Bible, it says this, The prayer of a person living right with God is something powerful to be reckoned with. Elijah, for instance, human, just like us, prayed hard that it wouldn't rain, and it didn't. Not a drop for three and a half years. Then he prayed that it would rain, and it did. The showers came, and everything started growing again. Do you want things in your life to start growing again? Come on. Start praying. Start praying. Lord, give us a heart to pray. Give us faith to pray. You know, last week, we learned that, that God's love for you is not predicated by what you do, but by what Jesus did. But his favor, his blessing comes upon what you do. Prayer is something you do. Prayer is something that you have to put your mind to, put your time to, put your posture in. Your will, your body, everything is involved in prayer. St. Augustine, lived in the 300s, said, Pray as if everything depended on God, then work as if everything depended upon you. Isn't that great? Pray as if everything depended on God, which is faith. Then work as if everything depended upon you. Faith without works is dead, but works without faith is dead too. Amen? William Booth, you've probably heard of his name. He was a British Methodist minister. He founded the Salvation Army. In 1865, in 1865 age 36, he said this, you must pray with your might. That does not mean saying your prayers or sitting gazing about in a church or chapel with eyes wide open while someone else says them for you. Can I hear an amen? 
It means fervent, effectual, untiring, wrestling with God. It means that grappling with omnipotence, that clinging to him, following him about, so to speak, day and night, as the widow did to the unjust judge, with agonizing pleadings and arguments and, and in, entreaties until the answer comes and end is gained. Have you ever been in a place where you needed to beg God every day, day in and day out for your breakthrough? Have you ever been in that place? That's prayer. You say, why, God, aren't you answering? Well, let's look in the book of Daniel. Maybe I'm being resisted. I need to keep praying. Need to, Lord, send, we need some bigger angels here, God. I don't know why it works this way. It just does. The Bible teaches us this is how the spiritual realm works. But your prayers are effective and powerful. I want to give us four tips to praying more in 2019. Because, let me say this, as we pray more, things change more. As we pray more, things change more. Number one, prioritize prayer. We talked about first, you know, a couple weeks ago. Setting up first things for, for New Year's resolution. What must I do first? Prioritize prayer. Because prayer sets your life in order. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request God. Ask yourself, when can I pray? Where can I pray? How do I pray? You know, some of you, including myself, what brings me into the Spirit, what takes my mind out of distractions and everything else, is I, have, I, I get into worship. I pray best when I hit my, put my worship on, start worshiping, and start hearing the, 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 the words of the songs and the melodies of the songs, and I start getting into worship. You know, the Bible says that we enter his courts with thanksgiving, right? It, it, we enter his gates with thanksgiving. We enter his courts with praise. You know, that's why we start the church service with worship, because it brings the presence of God. You know, uh, some of you, um, you need to do number two, which means read and pray through Scripture. You know, sometimes... What helps you to pray is you grab your Bible. You open your Bible. You start reading and you say, Lord, speak to me through this path. What are you saying to me? Or you read Scripture and you start saying, God, I need this in my life. I need this in my life. Read Scripture. Pray through Scripture. The Bible says in John 1, 45, 18, the Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call out to him in truth. The Word of God is truth. Amen? Sometimes you need to get God's promises, maybe God's promises book. You know, and, and you open up, you know, you know, these little books, God's promises, and has all these scriptures of God's promises. And you take a promise, God, I want to pray this promise. Let this promise come into my life. Amen? Number three, account your prayers. Write your request to God. Bring a petition. Are you serious about getting an answer to prayer? Write it down. You know, if you want the government to do something, you've got to get a petition going. You need 1,000 signatures, 2,000 signatures. Write your petition. Get, a, get some other people agreeing with you on your petition. Write it down. You know, I was saying to my wife, 
you know, we need a, a, a petition book for 2019 to start writing, Lord, this is what we're believing for this year. We bring it to you. We lay it at your, your feet, Lord. We're praying for these certain things. You know, believe God, ask God, write things down. Uh, and even petitions in church, you have those little cards, the prayer, prayer and praise cards, you know, in your seat. You can write down, this is what I'm praying for. Church, pray for me. We pray every Sunday at the altar. You need God to answer? Humble yourself. Bring your petition to the altar. Come to the altar. Lord, I'm going to church this Sunday. I'm going to bring my prayer petition to the altar because I need others agreeing with me because I know your word says, come on, your word says with two agree concerning anything. It will be done for us by a Father in heaven. Let's look at this scripture in Isaiah 56, 7. These I will bring to my holy mountain and give them joy in my what? House of prayer. The church should be a house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and sacrifices will be accepted at where? My altar. My altar. For my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations. Prayer is powerful. The church is powerful. My brothers and sisters are powerful. Let me tell you something. When I have a big need, I start asking people that I know pray. Will you pray for this? Will you pray for that? You know? And, uh, and it's not only when bad things happen. I pray, ask the leaders all the time. We say, hey, let's pray. Let's pray for healing. Let's pray for the power for people to get set free from addiction. Let's pray that God gives us authority over demons so that, that when people come to the altar, we break those powers of depression and suicide. Let's pray. Let's pray. Let's pray. Let's pray for our families. Let's pray for our marriages, that our marriages, we, we will stay holy. We will stay pure. Let's ask God now, protect us, Lord. Protect me as a man, God. Protect my wife, Lord. Protect my children. You know, one of the greatest prayers, especially as a parent, that you can pray for, and one of the greatest prayers I think that, that all of us should pray for, is that, number one, that we live our lives pleasing to God, and number two, for the salvation of the lost. Those are two great prayers. And I remember when praying for my three children, all of them, since they were born. And I share this many times, and I believe it's a, it's a powerful uh, indication of God hearing prayer. And I would kneel down by their bed, and we'd pray. And while they were sleeping, I would say, Lord, I ask you for one thing. I'm not asking you that you make them wealthy. I'm not asking you that my sons or daughter would become doctors and lawyers. I'm asking you for one thing, that all the days of their life, they will serve Jesus Christ. I'm asking you for one thing, Lord, that they never will walk away from the house of the Lord. They will always have salvation. That's all I'm asking, Lord, and I would pray that prayer and pray it and pray it and pray it. And I know that God answered that prayer. They're all serving the Lord. They're all in church. They're all, you know, Two of them are married to, to, to wonderful, powerful Christian women. All that's happened is because of prayer. Pray, pray, pray. And here's another thing, too. is It's never too late. God gives you a promise. Some of you are saying, well, you know, it seems like God's not hearing my prayer. Well, that's why the Bible says, keep asking. Keep knocking. Keep seeking. Don't quit. Don't quit. 
Daniel prayed for 21 days and fasted, you know. And you see throughout the Bible, there's a persistence. Persevere. Don't quit. Don't let the devil convince you it's not going to happen. As, as, as we said at offering today, let your faith carry you through. Don't let what you see carry you through. Let the word of the God and, and, and his promises carry you through. Amen? And last but not least, I'm going to call the, the music ministry up. Yield your will to God's will. Yield your will to God's will. Seek first, Jesus said, his kingdom. And then everything else is added to you. You know, sometimes God will say no. And this is why it's so important that we learn scripture. This is why it's so important that we have pastors and leaders in our lives and people who, who've been in the kingdom for a while. Um, because you might be praying for something that's completely contrary to God's word. Lord, I'm praying for a new wife. That's what I need, a new wife. Lord, can't take my husband. I need a new guy. Uh, I don't know. Wait, let me search the scriptures for that, you know? Sometimes God will say no because God has a greater plan. Come on. Jesus always has the best for you. Imagine Jesus saying, Lord, he's in the Garden of Gethsemane. I can't do this. Lord, take this from me. Take this cup from me. Take this cup from me, Father. Take this cup from me, Father. I'm out of here. Think about that. But he said, but Lord, not my will, but your will be done. Come on. Yield. Let me close by saying this, or reading this. This is a great, great quote by um, E. Stanley Jones. He was a Methodist missionary in India and theologian in the early 1900s. It says, prayer is surrender. Surrender to the will of God in cooperation with that will. If I throw out a boat hook from the boat and catch hold of the shore and pull, do I pull the shore to me? Or do I pull myself to the shore? Prayer is not pulling God to my will, but the aligning of my will to the will of God. Amen. Thanks for listening today. We pray you are blessed by our Legacy Church podcast and hope to see you soon at our church service in East Greenwich, Rhode Island. You can connect with us on any social media platform at Legacy Church RI. Have a blessed week.